to hold on to the rock of ages. Hold on to the cornerstone. Stand strong on the sure foundation. Surrounded by the fortress strong. When all the storms of life are raging. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on to the rock you've got to hold. Hold on to the rock of ages. Hold on to the cornerstone. Stand strong on the sure foundation. Surrounded by the fortress strong. won't you say amen? amen amen we're so grateful for our ensemble this morning and uh, ushering in a spirit of worship my name is pastor nicole caldwell gross i have the great privilege of serving here as the lead pastor and an even more important privilege of welcoming you here to worship we are continuing our worship series, Great Expectations. And speaking of expectations, if you are here for the third time or the 3,000th time, we would love for you to go to noblesvillefirst.com where you can register your attendance as well as see all of the ways that you can take a next step in your faith today. So click on our next steps graphic. I also want to especially welcome that was the Holy Spirit calling us to attention. 
or my horrible diction, I'm not sure. But now that I have your attention, I'd like to welcome any of you that may be a first-time visitor. Don't worry, we are not going to make you stand or ask for your social security number. That's next week. Uh, but we do want to make sure that you know Pam Kaplinger, who's sitting right up here. Uh, You'll also see her on the screen. She wants to connect with you, learn all about you, uh, and also give you a gift as our first-time visitor. So we hope that you'll connect with her after service. And now with that said, we're going to continue in our worship. We light our candle of unity for those who are joining us online and uh, here in the sanctuary as together we stand for our call to worship. Won't you stand with me? You'll see our call to worship on our screens where it says, with all our hearts, let us praise the Lord. With all that we are, we will praise God's holy name. With all our hearts, let us bless the Lord. We will never forget God's mercy and goodness. The Lord forgives our sins, heals our weakness, and gives us life everlasting. We worship God who is merciful and patient. God's love never fails. Please remain standing as we share together in our hymn of praise, I sing the almighty power of God.
Pastor Jill, and I am so excited to see all of you here this morning. We are going to do something we haven't done in a while, and that's passing the peace. Now, I know that with COVID, that might be a little controversial for some, so we invite you to pass the peace however you feel comfortable. If you want to wave at your neighbor or someone that you have not seen before, you can do that. You can bump elbows. You can do the fist bump. You can shake a hand. Now, if someone says, no thanks, I'm not shaking hands right now, don't be offended. Just offer them a nice fist bump. And make sure to take this moment to, one, look at each other, really look at each other. Look around you to see if there's someone you haven't seen before. And pass the peace. Say, Christ be with you or peace be with you. So let's give it a try this morning. Peace be with you. going to sing together a song as we prepare for the baptism this morning. It's called, I Was There to Hear Your Morning Cry. Some may know it, some may not, but I understand maybe you all are going to help lead it. Is that correct? So the, <laughs> the uh, quartet here. So the words will be on the screen. We invite you to sing as we welcome our families for baptism this morning. Thank you. 
we'll get to sing that here in a few minutes as we walk these beautiful children down the aisle. So that was your dress rehearsal, okay? <laughs> Thank you. So today we welcome Michael and Sherry and their two beautiful daughters, Sophia and Arista. I've gotten to know Sherry through the moms group that we have here at Noblesville First, which, by the way, is starting back this Wednesday at 9.15, so maybe we'll see you there. But we have gotten to know each other a little bit, and we are so thrilled that these two beautiful girls are coming before our congregation to be baptized. And also, Pam Kaplinger has a relationship with these two. <laughs> Sherry is her daughter. And this is, tell me your name, Kim, and how are you related? Okay, so two, two mothers here and two grandmothers for our family. All right, we are so excited. Well, baptism is a moment in the Christian community when we recognize the grace of God living in each person, and we celebrate God's amazing love for us. It is an outward and visible sign of a grace of Jesus Christ, an initiation to the fellowship of the church, and a permanent watermark upon our lives reminding us that we are God's children. Today we are also reminded that our Lord has expressively given to children a place among the people of God. We remember how Jesus said, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. So it is that Sherry and Michael bring Sophia and Arista into this community today to be baptized. A covenant is vital to relationships with God. And so today we state the responsibilities of parents, grandparents, and community to God and to Arista and Sophia. Michael and Sherry, I ask you now to affirm your covenant with God and with your children. Do you acknowledge Sophia and Arista's needs for nurture in a Christian community of caring and concerned people, that they may explore the dynamics of a God who created and loves them, so say we do. We do. Do you promise to bring Sophia and Arista into the life of the Christian community to worship, to hear the story of the roots of faith, to be called into response to the gospel, and to be in a relationship with other believers as they grow into their own choice of faith in God? If so say we do. We do. And to these special people, the grandmothers <laughs> that are in the lives of Sophia and Arista, we ask you now to affirm your covenant with God, these parents and these children. We recognize that there are many people who, who teach and love in these lives of children that are beyond their parents. So do you, as grandparents, godparents, and friends, covenant to give of your time and yourselves to Sophia and Arista, providing them with further opportunities to explore their growing experience of God in themselves? So say we do. As a renewed testimony of your faith, Michael and Sherry, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to all persons? If so, say, we do. We do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, fussy children, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say, we do. We do. Will you nurture Arista and Sophia in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, 
They may, may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. If so, say, we do. And now to our family of faith. Will you promise to give this family and to Sophia and Arista your support as they grow in God's grace? If so, please say, we do. We do. do you offer yourselves as ones who will take Sophia and Arista into your love, your prayers, your daily lives, and strive to build a community that is rich in the spirit of God in which they may be nurtured? If so, please say, we do. Let us pray. God, your love has been with Arista and Sophia ever since they were given the gift of life. Be with them now and with this family of faith through the years to come, blessing their lives that they may grow in love for you. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you sent a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. So pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water in Sophia and Arista who receive it today, that they may be clothed in righteousness throughout their lives. Amen. Amen. Arista, it's showtime. You ready? <laughs> She's so ready. Now, parents and grandparents, I'm going to ask that you come around, and we're going to lay a hand on her. What is the full name given this child? Arista May Young. Arista May Young. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Like Arista, mom curled back. <laughs> you don't want to go back? That's the that's the clinch. I love those shoes. Pastor Jill? We're going to do the same thing that parents and grandparents can lay hands on. What a beautiful dress. Hi. Oh, I know. It's so tempting to pull on that, isn't it? <laughs> and what name have you given this beautiful child? Sophia Aurelia Young. Sophia Aurelia Young. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So now it's your turn again, congregation, to sing that beautiful song to these children. Oh, they're gonna go for gonna go for a walk. All right. <laughs>
have gift certificates, or not gift certificates, baptism certificates. <laughs> gift that certificates would be nice. would be nice too, right? And gifts from our pastoral care team for you all. Let's give them a hand. Praise God. Amen. What a blessed event. What a blessed event. Welcome to our family, little ones. Please join me in a call to prayer. Lord of all seasons, summer is almost over, and we wonder where the time went. We look at all the plans we had, those that we accomplished and those that we now put aside for another time. Help us to feel your strength even as this season wanes. Help us place our trust in you, knowing that you will empower us to serve you by serving others. Restore us and reconcile us to you. We ask in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now please join us for a moment of silent prayer and take to God what is on your heart this morning. And then I'll follow with a pastoral prayer. And then we'll finish with the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Gracious Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, and by most Holy Spirit, show us the blessings, God. Help us be the blessing in the life of someone who could use one today, just as you would do for us. As part of your church, Jesus, we each share our joys and concerns with you including the joy of all our children returning back to school with concerns for all their health and wellness and safety. For those walking in a storm today, have us be their peace. For those with broken hearts, have us be loving and patient listeners. For those in agony or desperate need, Help us to run in their direction and not turn away. We know you would never turn your back on us, Jesus. Please forgive us when we feel or think otherwise. You are always true and always here. We need your presence 
and compassion and mercy, gracious Lord. We are thankful for your faithful love and relentless pursuit and for the Lord's Prayer that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. We have a few announcements I'd like to make sure you are aware of as we enter into a brand new week of ministry here at Noblesville First. It's not too late to sign up for a meet and greet with Pastor Nicole. They are off and running, but there are still plenty of dates and times to sign up for one. So please make sure to take note of that on the website. Pick a time that works for you. And she looks forward to welcoming you and getting to know you a little better. We have the Mums for Missions that are going on this uh, week and coming up. We need to order by August 29th. And, of course, this supports Mission Guatemala and also the Lucille Rains Center in downtown Indianapolis that helps many, many women with struggles that they are dealing with. Pickup will be September the 8th from 9 to 1 or 4.30 to 6 o'clock. And next Saturday, this coming Saturday, is cookout and karaoke at Teeter Farm. This is a really fun family-friendly outreach and ministry fellowship event that we are having out there there will be food games and of course karaoke and a reminder that you can have a dollar donation to have someone that you maybe been wanting to embarrass for a while have them sing a song you can volunteer them so just one of the many many things they'll be doing out there to have a good time that will be from 5 to 8 p.m out at teeter and we also have our farm-to-table dinner coming up. And Mira's baptized. I'm crying now. <laughs> I understand. It's probably been a long morning already. Uh, Teeter farm-to-table dinner is coming up on September the 9th. And, of course, this is a huge fundraiser for the farm. So if you buy your tickets, then that goes to Feed the Hungry in Hamilton County and the many, many ways that Teeter reaches those in our community. And it's a really... Good and fun night, good food, good friends, good fellowship. So purchase your tickets on uh, the website, and they will go pretty quickly, so make sure to do that. And, of course, make sure you fill out your connection card this morning. Uh, take note of what's on there so that you might see something that is calling to you to get involved with here at Noblesville First. And we welcome you today. And at this time, we will move into our time of offering, so we invite you to consider and discern your generous hearts this morning, and there's so many ways to give. So as we discern that, let us ask for God's blessing upon our gifts. Holy God, we ask that you would send out your Holy Spirit upon each and every person here this morning, as well as each and every gift that will be brought forward today. We ask that every gift comes from our heart, 
It could come from so many different places. What that means to us, we have so many ways that we can give. So pour out your spirit that these gifts will be multiplied, will show love and grace and mercy in some way, big or small, and that they will reach into our community and beyond this place to spread the news of the good news of Jesus. We ask this in his precious name. Amen.
grateful for our ensemble this morning who reminds us that we truly have 10,000 reasons to thank God. And if you are feeling blessed, perhaps you are so inclined to be a blessing to someone else. That's why we want to invite you to perhaps give to the 24 Prevail Clothesline requests. They're for two children, 12 each. They're right outside in the narthex. Pick one up and support children in our community and bring your items right here to the church office. Now we are going to turn our attention to our scripture for this morning. To prepare our hearts and seeking understanding, I invite you to join me in our unison prayer. You'll see it on your screens. Let's say together, Lord Jesus, you taught in synagogues and on hillsides bringing healing and wisdom to those who listened. By the Holy Spirit, teach us through the words of Scripture and bring us your healing and wisdom. Amen. We are going to turn to the book of Acts this morning, where we'll be hanging out in the 11th chapter, beginning at the 4th verse, reading to the 12th, and then picking back up at verses 15 and 17. Hear God's word to us today. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it, and I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. And I went with these brothers, and we entered a man's house. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. So I gave, so if God gave them the same gift that he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to preach this morning from the theme, Am I Willing to Be Wrong? Am I Willing to Be Wrong? To prepare ourselves uh, for the message, you, have, you may remember this from last week. We're just going to warm ourselves up to receive God's word today. So repeat after me. Turn to your neighbor. You know the deal. Look at them. Smile at them in the face. Not that jack-o'-lantern smile, but a kind smile. And repeat after me. Don't write me any notes. Don't poke me. Don't hunch me. It's time for the word. I need the word. You need the word. I can talk to you later. Amen. Amen. 
I'd like to begin this morning's sermon by making a bet with each of you. You ready? I bet that at least once in our lives, every single person here has been dead wrong. I mean it, absolutely, unequivocally, and completely wrong. And if you looked over at your spouse and gave them one of those looks like she's talking to you, I just want to let you know there are only so many dates on the calendar for marriage counseling. Don't get yourself in trouble this morning. Because you see, I can wager with absolute certainty because human history proves time and time again those times where we thought that we were absolutely right only to be proven dead wrong. Let's start in the Middle Ages, or when my children think I was born. In the Middle Ages, we were so sure that the earth was flat. In fact, there were explorers who set out from Europe competing with one another to see who could reach the edge first, only to find that they kept going around and around and around. They were certain they were right, but they were dead wrong. In the Renaissance, we believe that the sun rotated around the earth. We painted murals to show this. We wrote poetry about this. We sung songs about this and even threatened to kick anybody out of the church who didn't believe it too. We were certain that we were right until Galileo proved we were dead wrong. In 1903, the president of the Michigan Savings Bank was advised that he should not invest in Ford Motor Company. His lawyer told him this, the horse is here to stay, but the automobile, it's, it's a novelty, it's a fad. He was certain that he was right, but the Indy 500 proves he was dead wrong. In 1994, the editors of Time magazine published an article stating that remote or online shopping would be a complete flop. They were certain they were right, but Amazon's $300 billion revenue proves they were dead wrong. In 2007, Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer said there is no chance that the iPhone is going to get any significant market share. Absolutely no chance. One billion iPhones sold later, he was dead wrong. And finally, finally, in 2011, Colts fans thought that Peyton Manning would always be a Colt. I'll just, I'll just leave that alone. My brothers and sisters, Peter had an experience where he too thought that he was absolutely right when we find him in the 11th chapter of Acts. You see, Peter, like all of Jesus' disciples, had been raised as a Jew. And to be one of God's people, Peter believed that God wanted him and all Jews to avoid certain foods and certain people. And this wasn't some new diet craze. Jews had been following these laws called the Mosaic Laws for centuries. They believed that foods like shrimp or pork, reptiles, birds, and others were unclean, and they could never be eaten by God's holy people. And as they avoided these foods, they also avoided those people that they called the Gentiles. To Peter, that food and those Gentiles were ungodly, 
and they shouldn't be touched with a ten-foot pole. Certain of these things, Peter is minding his own business, daydreaming in Acts 11, and all of a sudden he has a vision. Out of heaven comes this buffet line of food, reptiles, four-footed animals, and shellfish, everything that's on the do-not-eat list. And a voice from heaven says, rise, Peter, get up, make your plate. And Peter looks at this array of everything that is unclean and forbidden. He says, absolutely not. Those are the wrong foods, and I write about that. And then the voice says two more times, Peter, get up and eat. Do not call unclean what God has made clean. All of a sudden, this buffet line is pulled back up into heaven, and Peter is left wondering, well, what in the world just happened here? What what is God up to? Why change the menu now? Why reverse Thousands of years of dietary restrictions now. Why? Well, because this is not about food. This is about family. You see, back in Matthew 28, Peter and all of the disciples were given a great commission to go out through all of the earth, baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, making them daughters and sons in the family of God. But how could Peter transform the lives of people he wouldn't even sit next to? How could he baptize people he wouldn't even touch? How could he preach to them, minister to them, heal them if he wouldn't even eat with them? You see, in order for God to change the world, first, God had to change Peter. God had to shift Peter's perspective that only certain people who ate certain food have access to God. No, in the kingdom of God, there will be no us or them, no in crowd, no chosen people. Through Jesus Christ, all people have been chosen by grace. All people have been adopted into the family of faith. And it doesn't matter how they speak, what they wear, where they're from, or even what they eat. We are all children of God. And I'd suggest this morning that this is not a shift that God is just calling Peter to make, but one that God is calling us to make too. Because we have each been charged to make disciples of all nations. And in order to accomplish God's purpose, we too have to change perspective. We have to begin to see the sacred worth in people who don't look like us, who don't talk like us, who don't live like us, or even eat like us. We have to invite people into relationship with God, not because they are like us, but because they are loved by God. And this sounds easy, right? To be open to new people, to be open to new perspectives. But the truth is, this is one of the things that we often feel certain about, but get dead wrong. Just take a look at Peter. Peter spent Three years with Jesus, watching him break ethnic, gender, social, economic, and religious barriers. He spent time with sinners. 
He shared food with prostitutes, and he sought out the outcasts in society. And all the while, Peter was right there by Jesus' side. He saw him touch the diseased skin of a leper. He saw him resurrect the dead body of Lazarus and even tell a Gentile, not even in Israel, have I found a faith like yours. We would think that after having this front row seat to Jesus' ministry of radical inclusion, Peter would be the most open-minded and grace-filled disciple in all of the world. That witnessing all that God had changed around him, changing dietary habits, wouldn't be a second thought. But you see, Peter's resistance reminds us today that God working around you isn't the same as God working within you. I'm going to say that again. Peter reminds us today that God working around you isn't the same as God working within you. Let me see if I can make this a bit more plain. When I was on maternity leave with my third child, Isabella, I spent hours in contemplative prayer. I read the Bible from cover to cover. I even thumbed through the book of discipline. And uh, No, that's not true. I watched Netflix and uh, TV. And during that time, I discovered the joy of daytime courtroom TV. And my absolute favorite is Judge Judy. Any Judge Judy fans? Okay, there are a couple of us. Well, on one episode, you may have seen this one, there was a woman who was suing a personal trainer for breach of contract. She claimed that he had promised and guaranteed that she could lose 20 pounds in 30 days if she participated in his exercise program. This woman came to Judge Judy and she said, he is a liar and a con artist and I have not lost a single pound. So Judge Judy listened and then she began to ask the defendant a few questions. She said, sir, did you or did you not guarantee that this woman would lose 20 pounds in 30 days in your exercise program? And he responded, yes, yes, Judge, I did. And then she asked, well, sir, was this woman a participant in your class for 30 days, yes or no? And he responded, well, yes and no. And that really got Judge Judy going. She said, sir, it's not a yes or no question. She was there or she wasn't there. And then the man replied, think of it this way, Your Honor. If I go into a bank, it does not make me rich. Because it's not enough to just be in the room. That doesn't change you by osmosis. And you know, church, I think that's what God is trying to say to us today. It's not enough to just be in the sanctuary. It's not enough to just be behind the pulpit. It's not enough to just be in the ensemble. It's not enough to just be in the pew. The real radical act of grace is that God is not interested in us simply being in his presence. God is interested in his presence being in us. Because when God's presence takes up residence in us, it always causes us to change. It stretches us. 
It, it breaks us. It shakes up those parts of us that are certain and are convicted that we are absolutely right. And it transforms them by God's grace. So much so that Peter, who said, surely not, when offered this forbidden food, he snaps out of this vision. He's interrupted by a Gentile messenger who has been sent to invite him to the home of his brothers, other Gentiles. And Peter, who had just said no to God, that's wrong, went to the home of people who ate that unclean food, stayed under the roof of people who were unclean, and preached the gospel of grace. And when he did... The power of the Holy Spirit poured onto those Gentiles and Peter exclaimed, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Because you see, in that moment, Peter figured out that he was willing to be wrong if it made someone else right with God. That he was not going to allow what he thought to be right to stand in the way of someone experiencing the power, the grace, and the love of God. And you see, Bonnie, whenever I read this scripture, I'm reminded of my own transformative moment. When I, too, was pushed by God to question, are you willing to be wrong? When I graduated from seminary, I was a youth pastor in New Jersey, and I served a large downtown church with three or 4,000 members. And this was a historic church with this long and proud legacy of community advocacy and and faith-filled disciples. The local congresswoman was a member, the mayor was a frequent visitor, and the church had recently built this huge row of affordable housing units. Worship here was a momentous occasion every Sunday. It sounded like angels were singing and Paul himself was preaching in the pulpit. And it was a tradition at this church that every second Sunday was Youth Sunday. So as the youth pastor, I would choose and prepare those youth who would lead worship or read prayers or sing or dance or usher. And so one of these youth group meetings, I shared with my students that Youth Sunday was coming up. And they were excited about the opportunity to lead. One of those students was a young lady named Haley. Haley lived a couple of blocks from the church. I'm not even sure uh, how she got involved, but once she did, she never stopped coming. One of those evenings during Bible study, she burst in with her long nails, longer than her fingernails, or longer than her fingers, rather, a different color hair every week, and the tattoos visible around her belly button. I looked forward to Haley's arrival every week. Especially when I offer the invitation for some of our youth to lead in worship. Have you ever said something where as soon as you said it, you wish you could put it back in your mouth? Because when I did, Haley raised her hand and said, oh, 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 pastor, pastor, pick me, pick me. And I couldn't pretend that I didn't see her five-inch nails waving in the air. 
And so I wrote her name down and turned it in to our other pastors to be printed in the bulletin. One of those pastors, when they saw the bulletin, stopped me and said, Haley? You mean Haley, Haley? Are you sure she's right for this? And so I started to have second thoughts. And so I called Haley and I said, well, uh, maybe worship leading isn't such a great fit. Maybe you'd like to sing or, or usher. And then she cut me off. And she asked me a question that I will never, ever forget. She said, Pastor, who decides who's right? As I hung up the phone with her, I felt a wave of shame wash over me. A wave of shame that I feel even now. For who did I think I was to determine who was right, who was acceptable, who could be used by God? And who do we think we are when we say who's in or who's out, who's worthy or who's not, who's clean or unclean? Am I not as broken and desperate and undeserving of God's grace as she was? Aren't we all? And so with a changed perspective and a convicted heart, I realized that I was willing to be wrong about Haley leading worship that Sunday. And boy, was I wrong. I watched as God moved in her, shaping her, molding her, and using her for his glory. And now she's all grown up, she's graduated, she's married, and she has a baby. And while some of those more articulate and impressive students in my youth group have fallen away, Haley is still there, now leading children's ministry. And I shudder to think of the lives of children whose faith whose experience of God would be different if I wasn't willing to be wrong. And so it is our prayer today that you would also be willing to be wrong if it means making somebody else right with God. Won't you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks that you are bigger than us, bigger than our limitations, bigger than our prejudices, bigger than the ideas that we are so sure are right. God, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us, that you would empower and equip us to break through barriers, barriers of who is acceptable, who is good enough? Who is worthy? Recognizing that we are all unworthy. But it's your grace and your love that calls us by name. Help us to be willing to be wrong so that someone else might know your love. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
As we prepare to leave this morning, this afternoon, I'll be joining with some of my family on Zoom, some in person there in Michigan, because my grandmother, Eliza Jean Davis, is turning 92. And when I was speaking to her this week, telling her about the church, she reminded me that as a United Methodist, when she first started taking her family to church in Detroit, they were the first black family in their congregation. That some people left because of their presence in the pews. But there were others who stayed. And they quoted this particular scripture. How God calls all of us, even those ideas and those places where we think we're right about our separation, God's love always breaks through and calls us into relationship. And so as you go out today, I want you to look for the Haley's. I want you to look for the people that others write off or maybe that you have written off yourself. And I want you to encourage them, speak life into them, remind them that they are worthy to be used by God. Or maybe you feel like Haley today. Maybe along your journey of faith, someone has told you the lie that you aren't worthy, that you're not good enough. I want to invite you to meet me at the uh, entrance of our sanctuary. I want to pray with you. I want to introduce you to Bonnie, who leads prayer ministry, because we want you to know that here at Noblesville First, we mean it when we say that we love you, no exceptions. And there's a place for you to serve and grow and use the gifts that God has given you. So we pray now that you go out with that assurance. That you live into the call of the Great Commission, helping to not only baptize people literally, but baptize people by your actions, inviting them into the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.